this morning is, is get your Bibles or your app. If you're following along in the app, I encourage you to do that today. But as I said, we're going to do a panel, and this panel is really going to be a discussion. Uh, let me turn my seat just a little bit so I can see everybody over here too. A discussion that uh, really focuses on a series that I've taught for a few weeks, broke it up um, over several weeks, but... Um, a series about Olam and what that means, and we'll come back to that in just a moment. But before uh, we go any further, I want you to uh, welcome with me the panel that I've invited to join me in this discussion today. Come on, put your hands together. We have at this end, we have Jenny Kerner, then we have Archie Phillips, and then we have Alex Darnell. Uh, these three have walked with me in this ministry for many, many years uh, it would be safe to say decades now, and, um, but they have been faithful and loyal and walked and heard. Um, they've gone through the times and seasons uh, with this house that we knew what Holy Spirit was doing, and they've walked with us when we didn't know exactly what Holy Spirit was doing, but we trusted Him. And I can tell you that in all of our lives, those moments, those seasons, those times occur. There are those things that surprise us, but they never surprise God. He is never surprised by anything that's going on in any of our lives. So again, this morning, I hope uh, that you will make a draw out of what each of them will say as I ask some questions. Um, I don't know what their answers will be. I do know what the questions are, but I don't know what their answers will be. But this is what I do know. Their answers will minister to you, will help you see what Holy Spirit wants you to see if you will give eyes to it. There's a reason that Jesus continued to say over and over in the Gospels, he continued to ask the disciples and those that were gathered around him, why is it that having eyes you cannot see? Why is it that you have ears, but it seems impossible for you to hear? Why can you not get a hold of what I'm trying to release to you? The reason that most of that occurs is because the Adam nature in all of us, the Adam that failed, the Adam that didn't trust uh, the Adam that gave in to a moment that really didn't belong to him, which we can all do. Um, but the reason that there's a difficult time in seeing often and a difficult time in hearing often for all of us is because we try to filter what we see and hear through what we already know. So if he's showing us or speaking to us about something that is um, unknown, to us, something that is new or unfamiliar, our tendency is to let Adam rise up in us and say, it cannot be that this is God, because if it were, I would have already heard it. But if that is our case, if that is what we believe, then we have rendered God, instead of a living God, we have rendered him into a statue. He's nothing more than a picture on our walls or a thought in our mind. Because if he's alive, he's talking. If he's alive, he's revealing. And I believe he's alive. Is there anybody in this house that believes we serve a living, alive God? Before we go any further, I'll bring your attention one more time to something that we have around here, especially for those of you that are visiting today, and you might see this and it might be unfamiliar. In fact, it might be on the back of a shirt in front of you right now. But there's this scripture that we put on the back of shirts that says John 21, 26. 
Now, in the Holy Bible, the one that you hold in your hand or that's under your seat or that's hidden in a box under your bed, in that Bible, John 21 ends with verse 25. That verse simply says that if the, the world is not big enough to contain the books that it would take to record the miracles that Jesus did, that's what it says, it ends by letting us know that it would be impossible to include in that book or any book or any number of books all that Christ was revealing to those who had ears to hear and eyes to see. If there were a John 21, 26, if there were a verse 26, it would read something like this. Keep going. Keep seeing and keep hearing. It's not in your King James Version or your ESV or your NKGJV, whatever it is, whatever version you read. It's not in that version, but I want to tell you what version that is in. The heart of God. Because in the heart of God, he never stopped talking, and he has never stopped doing. He is very aware of who you are. If he stopped talking, and if he stopped doing, then with whom do you have a personal relationship? If he stopped talking and doing, it is impossible for you to know him personally. The only way I can know anyone personally is if somehow I am in communication with them. There is an exchange of seeing, of hearing, of receiving, and of becoming. There is an exchange. That's the nature of a living God. So as we sow ourselves into who the living God is, the Hebrews call him Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. The, the Jewish people would refer to him as such. Now that name is super holy for them. They, they believe it's unspeakable. It is an unspeakable name. But when Christ came and he suffered, he died, and then he rose again so that we could be connected correctly to the Father, that name was released. It was no longer unspeakable, but you were invited to engage the Father on a very personal level. You no longer had to do it through someone else. You could do it on your own. You could come to Him and say, Yahweh, I've got you, and you've got me. I'm making that really simple, and I'm paring that down quite a bit, and I don't mean to make something that's so incredible, something so simple, but for the sake of understanding, that is my purpose. He wants to know you so personally he gave you his name. He said, I don't want you to call me by a title anymore. I want you to refer to me as I am. Talk to me as though I'm sitting across your dining room table and I'm breaking bread with you. That's the kind of relationship that the Father wants to have with you and me. Out of all of that, this word that he... I was reading some scripture and you'd have to go back to the first... I don't even know if I... Rem, I don't even remember if actually I explained it. But out of all of this... Um, just parsing through the things the Holy Spirit was sharing with me, I began to reflect on the words everlasting and what, the, what does that mean. So I looked up the word everlasting in the Hebrew, and the word for everlasting in the Hebrew is olam. And that word means everlasting to everlasting, and it is a reference to the living God. To be olam simply means that that he is everlasting to everlasting, and it encompasses infinity before now and infinity after now. In other words, there is no beginning and there is no end. I said to the team this morning as we were meeting and praying before we came out, I shared with them, you know, if, if I try to visualize God and how incredible He is and how vast He is and how unsearchable His ways are, they're not unsearchable in the sense that we cannot 
press into him. They're unsearchable in the sense that our mind, as it is in this moment, cannot completely wrap around what he is and who he is and what he wants to do. So when we begin to search this out and we, we see this word olam and what he does, what that means is what he wants to do in you and me is help us to understand that his timeline is not like ours. So what I said to them this morning is, if you consider from the mind of Adam, like all of us, when we think of time, we think of it in terms of B.C., or we think of it in terms of A.D., or however you want to, however people define it today. We think of 2000 B.C., we think of 2022 A.D. We think of this span of time that falls on a line. But in the eyes of God, time does not exist in an expanse. For us, it would be like seeing a line, a horizontal line, but in the eyes of God, He sees time as a period. There's neither ending nor is there beginning. Not only is He endless, He is beginningless. You've got to get this with me. You might be asking, what in the world does this have to do with me knowing Christ. I believe it has everything to do with you knowing Christ the way Christ wants to be known. It's one thing to know Christ the way we want to. It's another thing to know Christ how he wants to be known. And he doesn't want to be known as our buddy. He wants to be known as the son of God. He doesn't want to be known as our pal that we talk to when things aren't going well. He wants to be known as the one who is with us always. When it's good and when it's bad, when the tide is rising and when it is lifting. He wants to be known as the Son of God. So with all of that, we want to dive into this this morning. And I want to begin by asking a question. And I've asked them, normally when we do panels, we haven't done one in a long time. But normally when we do a panel... I will ask specific questions of specific people. I'm not doing that today. I'm going to ask a question, and I'm going to let one or all of them answer each question because I believe that in them that they have something that you need to hear. When I was preparing to just trying to sort out in my heart who to ask to be on this panel, I said to my wife, I said, I'm going to go to the ones who have shared with me what the most of what they've been seeing in this word olam. And these three represent three people who have continued to share with me what they have seen and what they've heard throughout this. So I'm going to begin by asking this first question this morning. Are you ready? I would encourage you, get out your notepad, whatever you want to use to take notes, because I believe this, you're going to hear something today that will change your life, not only in this moment, but if you see this moment like Yahweh sees it, it will change your life forever. Because in this period of a moment, forever exists. Got to get that. Our forever is really the present. It's really the present. So let me begin with this question. So anyone, what have you learned through these teachings on Olam? So I'll go. Um, so I I just kept hearing it's not too late. So it's it's never too late. Um, practical thing I was thinking about was you know the actor Morgan Freeman didn't have his first like major acting role until he was in his fifties. Wow. 
Um, look it up. It's yeah. I mean, he acted before, but like major acting role. He he was. I don't remember the exact age, but he was in his fifties. And Olam represents to me just it's never too late. It's good. Yahweh is always present. It's so really good. the dream that you gave up on, you know, twenty years ago, is just as alive today as it was twenty years ago. Write you, that down. You may think that you disqualified yourself. You haven't. Let me say that you haven't disqualified yourself and that that dream is very much alive in you you know it's alive in you you know it is because you think about it every day when you wake up so understand that 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 is it's very present you haven't lost 20 years or 10 years or however long it's been you're right where you need to be and then you just need to put as my friend Tim Carney says you need to put practical action to his word and meet the present where where it's at take you know it, there's a practical part of that which is there's work to do but it doesn't you know but uh, i would just say that it, it's it's not too late it's That's good really good um well uh can you repeat the question i will so i can what have you learned moment? through these teachings on along okay so what I've learned, the thing that has stood out the most to me is that um, the thing that struck me this past week uh, or and after last weekend was that um, ancient is not old and the future is not new. Mm -hmm. So he Good. is called the ancient of days. The future is just where we have not stepped into yet, but it's already happening right now. So he is the ancient of days and we are of him. And it says ancient, mm. they call him ancient of days, not ancient of that day. Yeah, and it says sure. he is of, we, it is of the old. He is from the old of old and we are of him. Mm. So that means we are ancient as well. So we are from before. Sure. We are in the future. But again, it's ancient of days. So he was ancient yesterday. He was ancient 2,000 sure. years ago, 5,000 years ago. He's still ancient today. He's still operating in that place. That ancient place is happening right now. And then the future is new only because we have not arrived there yet. Yes, but if we're looking right. at it from his perspective, the timeline, as you've taught us, being vertical, not horizontal, we can actually see that if we are seeing it with his perspective. And then we arrive in it on time. We're on time. It's on time. It's already happening. But we're in that part yeah. of the timeline. Maybe we're here or maybe we're here or maybe we're here. But we can already see what's happening in the quote-unquote future. But it's not new to him because he's already there right. right now. Right. That's good because when you consider ancient of days and yet he is the I am. Yeah. I'm anxious and I am. I'm ancient and I am. I'm future and I am. I like that because it is everything that we're doing today is what was in him in the beginning, because his beginning and end, there's no separation. That's why he is, he was, and he always will be, because it's all one. It's all one. That's really good. All right. Thank you. But uh, for me, what I've learned um, kind of goes along with everything that's been said, of course. But the first thing I've learned is that the father is not a circle, but he's a dot. Yeah. And, um, and so when you think about a circle, when the, 
you think about something that goes around to a point and it comes to a point and it goes around. You may not be able to define, you may not be able to define the point on that circle of what is the beginning or the end, but it's movement from one place to the other, no matter where you begin. But he said, I'm better than, I'm greater than that. Mm -hmm. He said, I am a dot, the yod. I am the beginning and the end. All the beginning, you can't separate it. See, at a circle, I can start here and I can separate what's the start and I can come back to that point and make an end. But as a dot, mm. you can't separate that. You can't separate a beginning and an end. And so for me, I was like, that's fantastic because he showed me, he, he, he dealt with me in a practical way. He said, uh, he showed me, he said, you're now faith, son. You have to look at that differently. And he said, the things that I show you what you consider future is past to me. Right. He said, what you say future is past. Because I have shown, say, for instance, if he show you who you are and what we would in time past say, what I'm becoming. Right? That's mm -hmm. what right. we would normally right. say. But you have to know the father many times will show us a past before he shows us a beginning. So what you think you are becoming, you have already became. Right, That's why right, we can say it's already right. done in the spirit. You know, right. we say that, but do we really mean that? So it's already done in the spirit. So what we consider future is past. And that's what he said to me. And, and what you consider past is the manifestation of a future in the present. Yeah, he messed me up, right? So he said, now your present your now faith is what you are using to prepare for your past to be manifested in your present and your mm. future. Mm. That's how we broke it down to me. Now, that was simple for me, I know. That's how, <laughs> but that's how I saw it. He took away my past. Mm. So that's why I can agree with Brother Alex. It's never too late. Because those things that you saw that you think are so far from you, that's who you are. Right, right. You are already that. That's what he said to me. He said, son, you're already that. What you do with now, your present time, your now faith, is you prepare like a farmer. You know there's a harvest coming. There ain't no doubt about it. If you plant a seed, the harvest is going to come. That's right. So he said, your now faith is the preparation for the seed that you're about to sow for the harvest that's about to manifest because of what you did in your now faith. Mm -hmm. You can see that your barn is full. See, that, that, that's present. And, you know, and we look at that and we think, oh, that's, the, that's not the future. That's the past. Right. Because it's already done in the spirit. Right, right. And so and what we do to allow my past to be manifested in me, whoo, is now faith. Is what, that's what he's saying to me. Boy, if you want to see that past or you become that, uh, uh, that, that past to be manifest, that's what we're waiting on. We're waiting on the manifestation of the past. Good. It's and so really we got to prepare now for that. What's cool about that is for, the, for anybody in this room or anybody watching online today, and your mind goes to this thought. Your mind goes to, okay, I hear what Archie just said. The problem is even though what I'm preparing myself for or what I believe is to come or that I believe I'm becoming, even though I'm in the middle of all of that, I'm just not sure I have what it takes. I'm just not sure. I, you're, there's a sense in you, it's just, I can't do it. I can't do this. 
Well, you can because you already did. So what he's saying is you can because it's already done. You've already done in the mind of God. You've already done it. It's in our own mind that we have to get the mind of Christ so that we know who we are in him. So anybody sitting in this room that's listening today or watching today, you need to know that whatever you're about to give up on or whatever you think is just not worth it, I'm, I'm, I'm just convinced that I can't get there. I want you to know you can because you actually already did. You already did. It's already happened. It's a matter of coming in line with the word of the Lord and actually believing about you what he believes about you. Because that ancient God is an I am God. That ancient of days is an I am God. So you've got to know, he knew my end from my beginning. So if it's in me, it isn't in me because I tripped over it. It's in me because he put it there. So again, I go back to this point. We've got to see him for who he is. We cannot accept that Christ is our buddy. We cannot just, just see him as, okay, he's a moment that I pass through each day when I say my prayers or I read my daily Bible reading. He's not this moment I pass through, but I've got to see him as the key to all things promised and purposed and created for me as the key to those things unfolding. Do you hear that this morning? So I'm going to read some scripture. Thank you, guys. Those were great answers. Well, let me ask you this question. Um, how has this changed your thinking? So when you came into this, we started talking about Olam and teaching Olam, and you came into it with one frame of mind. How has it changed your thinking? Give us a little piece if you can. If you can't, that's okay. But give us a little piece of how you did think and how you think now. Because I, people will identify with this because there's people sitting there right now thinking, oh, not sure I can get through that in my mind. What was the clincher for you? What, where, what, did, what changed you from thinking that, you know what, maybe not everything's meant for me that is in my heart mm -hmm. to getting to the place where if it's in my heart, not only is it meant for me, but it's, an already, it's already a thing done. It's, it's a completed work. Amen. So for me, it's, uh, it's really a, been a testimony for me. And it's brought me uh, a kind of joy that, that is unspeakable and goes beyond my understanding. Because, you know, I just recently went through uh, two stays in the hospital for having lung blood clots in my lung. And one of the, the, the greatest effect of that was that it took away all of my strength. I mean, I had no strength to walk from my car to, you know, my doorstep was a real challenge. There was a time where, you know, when we first came home, I didn't think I was going to make it there. Mm -hmm. And so to get there and to get in the bed was to, was to just fall in the bed. And whatever position I rolled in, I stayed in that position because I didn't have the strength to move myself. And so and what happened, being who I was and, and, and looking at what I am now, what I was at that time, it created a deep depression inside of me that I just hid, you know. And uh, hmm. it also began to wear on my relationship because my wife would, you know, she she would uh, she would cater to me in such a way that all it really, and I knew she was loving me, but all it did was show me my weaknesses hmm. that she had to do that. But uh, <clears throat> and I struggled with that. I mean, what kind of man am I that 
you know, I can't depend on myself to, uh, I'm, I'm telling you, it was so bad that to get up out of my chair, first of all, I didn't get up by myself. My wife had to pull me out of my chair. Mm. Pull me out of my chair and then walk into the restroom, I would be winded. Just going from that place to that place, you know. And so it really put a toll on me. But when I heard the alarm, when I heard that the father, that my past, or even my present, does not exist the way I perceive it, but it's, it exists how he has orchestrated Right, right. And I don't, I don't know if that, but this is, I'm just telling you me. And um, when I got that, it one, it restored my joy. Hmm. Secondly, believe it or not, it began to re restore my strength. Hmm. Because I found myself doing things that I could not do before. And so when I got to ready to do something, my wife would get ready to move to do it. And I said, that's all right, baby, I got it. Oh, that's awesome. I can do this. I'm getting better. And all the time I have to encourage her, hey, baby, I'm getting better. Hmm. Remember, I couldn't do this before, but now look at me. See what I'm doing? Look at me, baby. Yeah. I'm getting better all the time because there was something about this alarm, bro. It's not the end for me. Amen. Amen. This is not my Amen. destination. Amen. I saw who I already am. Hmm. And because I know who I already am, I know this right here is just something I just got to start preparing for what's to come. And that's what I did. And so when I did that, it changed my mindset. It opened me up to new things. I, um, I can't tell you how thankful I am to be teaching at the Rock Academy. All of that. That was just part of what the Father was opening up to me. And, he began, and he's doing things. And so I don't know if that's real clear to you, but let me tell you something. It's very clear. Who I am had nothing to do with that man who could hardly get in and out of the bed. That wasn't who I am. Right. But that was a, a, a hard season for me to begin to use my now faith and to begin to prepare for my past. That's Thank good. You. Amen. Amen. That's a, Archie, I love when you speak. Just, <laughs> I'm going to lead with that. I love when you speak. you got a powerful voice. Mm -hmm. um, so something that's been... Uh, uh, been being illuminated to me, and it's you'll see how it relates in a minute. But when we were walking up to the building this morning, um, my middle child, Riley, uh, I guess she had been reading a Bible that she has. I don't know where she got it from, but she has the. I, I'm saying I don't know. It wasn't. It was like a kid's Bible. They do not Let get their clear. kids' Bibles. Yeah, we keep those out. No. Yahweh is speaking now. No, I'm kidding. Um, so, and she was talking about. She's like, yeah, I just read this story about the. Uh, about the Tower of Babel and uh, and how the uh, how Yahweh sent, you know, they all had one language and then they had many languages, uh, and it caused confusion. And I've really just been thinking about how does Olam relate to our language, and and this is what was illuminated to me is that so I could go to any point on the timeline that we perceive and talk to a a, a a person of like spirit, even if we don't speak the same language. Mm -hmm. The language of Yahweh is, is Olam. Mm -hmm. It's eternal, it's good. It's good. which means it doesn't. So like you, when you think of languages and dialects nowadays, you think of, okay, there's ones that are, that are dead. 
or the ones that aren't spoken anymore, um, ones that die out because the people that spoke them die out. But that the language of Yahweh, the Olam, does not die, and it it's ever present. It's good. Um, and it's the only way Yahweh created us. It's the only way. It's the reason He put a piece of us in, or a piece of Him in each of us. It's the only way that there can ever be perfect unity. Man cannot manufacture unity. Whether they speak the same language or not, the only way really to good. have true unity is is having the, that like spirit connecting it's with someone really that could be, by the natural, a completely different person than you are, have, have nothing in common with you, and you can connect by the spirit. And it, it transcends politics. It transcends everything. Everything that yeah. man Amen. would put on there were like, well, those people couldn't get along. Yes, they can. Right. The spirit of Yahweh resides in them, and so that spirit is going to draw, be drawn to. It's drawn. It's drawn to the spirit of another person. So, um, that's really good. I, that's what I've. It has just been illuminated to me. It's like the only way ever to perfect unity is really through the spirit, because if not, it's just going to be a bunch of everybody's opinion, and it, mm. it, the confusion, yeah. confusion that they saw at the Tower of Babel. So. It's really good. You think, when I think about what you're saying, Alex, and I consider where the world is today, even the church, even the church world, um, it with everything that's contrary to God is present in the house of God. Racism, politics, all the things that he doesn't care anything about because believe it or not, I know that in our mind we want to think, well, he does care about racism. He does care about politics. Actually, he doesn't. Come on, man. He doesn't care about any of that because in his mind it isn't. Come on, right. All of those things are born out of evil, yeah. not born out of righteousness. Yeah. All, anything contrary to him is born out of evil. Born out, it's not born out of righteousness. So when you consider what's in the world today and the, and the battles and the things based on what you're saying, which is truth and good, uh, when you consider all that's being said today, I want to tell you, if when we come to the place where we are speaking the infinite language of Yahweh, yeah. 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 the language yeah. that was in the beginning and it will be in the end. Again, it's hard to even say beginning and end because there is no beginning and there is no end. In the infinite span of time, it's, it's just a spot. It means all things are encompassed in that one spot. In fact, I was looking the other day, I was reading an article, I can't remember what it was I was reading, uh, or why I was reading it, but I, I came across an article, was reading this, and it was talking about a single speck of dirt. Some of you may have seen this, or not, <laughs> but it was an article about a what is found in a single speck of dirt. And I found, I don't remember what the title was, but it was intriguing enough where I wanted to read it, so I read it, it was a long article. And it showed pictures of the millions of different parasites. If you just take a grain of sand and were to smash that and put it under a microscope, the millions of living creatures that are in that grain of sand that are alive and that are eating and doing things that live on that, even the cell of a human being, you take that cell, all the things that are in it, and you just... It's hard, it, we, it is hard for us through Adam to really understand the infinite God that we serve, who in his plan, these moments, these challenges we face are not even a speck 
And what he doesn't even give attention to it because what he's seeing is this is my plan for all of you. And all these things that create disunity do not exist in him. In his infinite timeline, these things that create disunity within the church, within the earth, do not exist in him. In fact, let's take it a little further. The things that are in you today that create disunity in your own spirit, in him, they don't exist. Should I do this? Should I not do this? Should I talk to them? Should I not talk to them? Doesn't even exist in him. It isn't even in him. What's in him is if, if it's in you to do it, do it in honor of him. And if it doesn't, repent for it. It's that simple. It was really good, Alex. Were you going to say something, Jenny? Go ahead. Um, the thing that made the, the most impact on me uh, was that when you talked about the timeline being vertical, um, and it was actually something that was said this past week on Wednesday, um, but we were talking about the timeline being vertical versus the way the mind of man sees the timeline, which is linear. So it's just this way. And it was something you had actually said as we were discussing, um, and you said when it's linear, you have to turn your head to look either forwards or backwards. And when you turn your head, you lose sight mm -hmm. of really where you're supposed to be looking. Um, whereas with the vertical timeline, because right. you're looking from his perspective, you're looking on that vertical either up or down, depending on which way, whether you're ascending or descending, right. inhaling or exhaling. Right. Um, but you're always looking at his perspective. You're always seeing either that that ancient, you're seeing that I am, or you're seeing that future, right, right. where you're headed, that what we would consider new, but it's really not. Um, and that made the most profound impact on me because I saw it two ways. I saw that linear, I saw it more than two ways, but I, I, saw, <laughs> I saw the linear timeline, the way the mind of man comprehends, and that's what it is. Unless we have the mind of Christ, unless we are positioned within him and see it the way the Father sees it, that's, all, that's the only way you right. can see it. That's right. Um, but when you're on that linear timeline and you have not yet flipped it to that vertical positioning, it's a loss. Mm -hmm. Like, I heard the loss. Mm -hmm. I heard it is a loss. It is in the red. You are losing. But when you flip it to that vertical timeline and you're ascend, ascending or descending, inhaling or exhaling, when you're looking at the timeline from that perspective, it's always a gain. It's yeah, always an yeah, increase. Right. It's always abundance. It's always what he has for you. It's always the original intent. It's always what he positioned you for because you're always right now right. where you're supposed to be at all times. Right. So. Really good. You know, and, and I encourage, for those that are listening right now, and you might be in here, or you might be new here, you might be watching online, this is the first time you've ever watched us, and you're thinking, phew, this stuff is like, woo, beyond me, and, and how really, uh, how, how important is it really uh, to how I live my life in Him? I can tell you today that I believe this. I believe that the Father will always stretch those who honor and serve Him. He's always going to stretch those who call themselves sons and daughters. In fact, we don't call ourselves that. He calls us that. We become that because we are honoring him. So he's always going to stretch us. He's always going to lead us into places we have not yet gone. If you find yourself in your life in a place where you have been for a very long time and there's nothing new stirring in you, I would say to you that what the Father's trying to do is awaken you, even in what you're hearing today, is awaken that desire that is him, that living God in 
that's in you, that breath of God that is in you, he's trying to awaken that breath and cause you to breathe in him again and not just breathe in what you hear over and over and over again. Breathe a new breath. Take a deep breath and, uh, and, and again, just inhale the fullness of who God is. And I want to tell you, he will begin to expose himself in ways that you thought impossible because he really wants to reveal himself to you in such a way that he's God again and he's not just a thought. He's not just a thought. I want to read a scripture this morning um, out of Matthew chapter 25. Uh, and when I read this, there's some things that I want to say about it that I think is going to help people really lay hold of how everlasting to everlasting that Yahweh is. And how everlasting, let me take it a step further, everlasting to everlasting you are. And I want, before reading this, to remind you again that your flesh has only been around for however many birthdays that you've had. But your spirit has been around as long as Yahweh has been. He did not create your spirit when he created your body. He put body on the spirit that already was created. Because your body, keep, or your spirit, keep in mind when he formed you out of the dust of the earth, when he forms mankind, what he does is he breathes himself into it. What gives that natural life is that part of God that he releases from himself into you so that infinite God is being breathed into your body. You've been around since infinity. That's how long you've been around. And I need you to understand that this morning because if you can wrap your mind around that and you can just hang on to that for just a second, you understand that, you know, what this body does, um, it's, it's given a certain uh, season to be able to do some things, but it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there because inside of me, there's an infinite, infinite God that is very, my spirit is eternal. I am from everlasting to everlasting. I am infinity before and infinity after. I will always be. So there is always going to be the evidence of God in everything that you or I do. I want to read in Matthew chapter 25, verse, starting with verse 34. I want to read these verses and, and uh, share some things with you. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you, from the foundation of the world. We're going to come back to that statement. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you? Or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them and he will say this. He will say, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. I want to bring your attention to a statement that he made in the very first verse that I read in verse 34. And he said, the king will say to those on his right hand, come you who are blessed by my father and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Inherit what has been yours since before you were. Today, my hope is that you are beginning to, in your mind, inherit again the dreams that have been yours since before you were. To lay claim to the, 
the things that you thought this would not happen, but it's already happened, as Archie said. It's already happened. And lay claim to those things because I want to tell you, in the mind of God, the kingdom, the foundation of the world, the kingdom that's been prepared for you existed then, exists tomorrow, and exists today, and nothing has changed about it except for what you do in it, what you do. See, I want to point out as well, when he said, when did you, when, when the disciples asked, when did we do these things to you? And I'm going to transcend time here with what I'm about to say. But he said, they said, when did we do these things to you? And he said, when you did it to the least of these, my brethren, you did these things to me. I want to point out two things about that. One, what we need to know is if any of us ever, and because this is a reality, I just shared this recently in a meeting I was in. I don't remember which meeting it was, but I shared it. But in reality, if we're ever doing things to know God, we will come up short every time. We can do nothing to know him. We know him, and then nothing becomes something. So, in other words, if he said, they said, when did we do these things to you? And he said, when you did it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you did these things to me. So, what he's really saying there is, you did not get to know me because you did these things. You know me. These things happen. You did these things because you know me. You didn't do them and get to know me. You know me, therefore you did them. You didn't do them because you wanted to get closer. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to preach to some folks. I'm trying not to get out of my chair right now. But don't do these things to know me. Know me and let these things happen out of your knowing of me. I think some of you are getting what I'm trying to tell you right now. In other words, when we accept who he is in us and we accept who we are in him and we come to the conclusion we understand it's not just a human serving a God, it is a son honoring a father. He's not just God, he's a father. He's not just God, he's a living God. He's doing amazing things. And I want to know him by doing in him what he created me to do from the beginning of time. And out of that knowing of him, all of these other things are going to happen. People will say, when they go places, they will say, okay, I want to do this and I want to do this. And are you guys doing this? And do you have this ministry? Do you have that ministry? The question should never be, does the church have this ministry or does the church have that ministry? The question should only be, does this house honor God? It should never be, do you have a good children's ministry? It should never be, do you have a good outreach? It should never be, how's the music? It should be, do you honor God? And if they do, you're going to know it when you walk in the door. And if you also honor God, the God that is living in you, if you will honor God, even if those things you're looking for are absent there, they will suddenly be present because you're honoring God and it's in you. See, it transcends time. We, um, we do those things because we know Him. And in the mind of God, He already did those things. He said, 
you are inher- inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world, and you're going to inherit that because these things are evident in you, but they're not evident because it's what you desire to do. It's evident in you because you know me, and because you know me, you can't help but do these things. You know, when we think about, do I really want to serve in, and I'm just going to throw some things out there, do, we really, do I really want to serve in children's ministry? Do I really want to serve as an usher? Do I really want to serve as a greeter? Do I really want to serve any of these? The question isn't, do I really want to serve? But when I'm asking that question, I've got to ask myself, what is the presence of God in me? Because if he's in me, serving is what I will do without asking if I want to do it. I will suddenly find myself in children's ministry. I will find myself as an usher. I will find myself as a greeter. I will find myself fulfilling those things, doing those things he saw me doing before I ever knew that I wanted to do that. Am I making any sense this morning? So just in case I'm not, let me say this again. Let me summarize. Inherit the kingdom that I established for you before the foundations of the world. Before time could even be measured in the mind of Adam, because he didn't measure it like time. Before time could even be measured, I prepared a kingdom for you to dwell in. In your world, it looks like a kingdom that was prepared way back then. But he said the kingdom that in your Adam mind you see as something that was in the past or in the future, he said, I'm telling you it's in the present. You dwell in the kingdom of God, not because you're doing things. You dwell in the kingdom of God because you one and only, you have received Christ and you honor God. You dwell in the kingdom because of that, and out of that, everything else flows. All the things that these three people have been talking about, all of those things begin to flow out of you honoring God. You do not honor God. Honoring God does not flow out of doing those things. You need to understand that this morning. If you can understand that, because that thought transcends time. He said, when you did it under one of the le- unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. Well, they might say, but you weren't there. And then his response would be, did I need to be? I was in you. See, I transcend time. When you did it then, you're doing it now. Because I transcend time. I'm removing time from the equation. And I'm saying to you, you need to see yourself as moving inside and within the purpose of the living God in every moment of your day. You're getting this this morning. So let me ask you a question again so that now that I've scrambled some brain. What is it about Olam that you think, and any of you, that you think might be hard for people to get? Um, one thing I thought about is so many people identify themselves based on their experience. Um, and mainly it's usually bad experience. Um, and they call it their past uh, you know, and a lot of people get their identity or what they think their, their identity is from that. Um, so I do think that some people can get hung up on, well, you don't know what I've been through. Mm-hmm. And my answer would be, well, you're, you're in it. It's mm-hmm. present. Right. It's part of you. Right. It's not, oh, I came out of this into something. It's, it's part of you. It's part of, you know, maybe what we call it a testimony. But I just think some people can get hung up on th- the past not so much the future, but the past, and, identi- and creating their identity and who they are based on that instead of seeing who Yahweh says they are, 
how he sees them, how he from the top down, not from the the timeline. Like I was this, now I'm this, mm -hmm. but seeing down and be like, you are that, you are you are ever present. So that's where I think some people could get hung up on it. And I understand, I can relate to that. It, there's, it's it's an understandable thing to get hung up on. Mm -hmm. But if you're using this, then it'd be very easy to get hung up on that. But again, see by the spirit and see that who you are, who your identity is, has nothing to do with your experience. It has everything to do with who Yahweh says you are. And in Isaiah 65, he says, I'll give you a new name. Yep. He said, they might call you this, but I'm going to call you something Correct. else. This might be what you've been called all your life, but I'm going to call you something else. In fact, I'm going to give you a, I'm going to, I'll give you a personal example that uh, when my wife and I got married, and um, those of you know that uh, I didn't meet my biological father until I was 19 years old. When I met, when I met him, um, uh, well, let me just, I'm not going to tell the whole story. I'm just going to tell this part of it. When my wife and I married, three days before we got married, I have to say this. The relate, it didn't go well. When I met him, it didn't go well. Um, and we were just two different people, two different worlds, two different existences. Just, it just didn't go well. I can't give you all the details. It's irrelevant right now, but this is relevant. Three days before my wife and I got married, he sent me a, a letter in the mail. And I get this letter in the mail, three-page letter in the mail. And the first paragraph in that letter, he says, I hope you'll share this with your, your soon-to-be wife. And I want you to know how I feel about you. And it's three pages of nothing but vile. I've never heard the F word more times in a letter than I did then. Talking about how I was a mistake and I was an heir. I was born a bastard. I was all this stuff. And he was just beginning to just unload every, every feeling he could have ever possibly had because I actually was born. He unloaded in that letter and then wanted me to give it to my wife and said, if, if you'll let her read who you really are, then she won't marry you and you don't deserve to be married because you shouldn't even exist. And that's, I'm being actually kind uh, compared to what was in the letter. But I gave it to her and I let her read it because I wanted her to know. And she read it and right off the bat, my wife said, you are none of that. You are none of that. And, but even with that, when I got that letter, that letter, Alex, hung with me for a long time. And every time I would have a difficulty, every time something wouldn't go right, or every time, not every time, but if my wife and I had an argument that was intense or deep, I would go back to that letter. And in my mind, I would reflect back on, I, I'm an accident. I shouldn't even be here. And, and you know, I'm ruining her life. And Am, am I going to be any different than him? And, and all of these things in my mind. And then Isaiah 65 was the answer for me. When I read that some years later, and I read that, it, it, I was delivered through that chapter, Isaiah 65, because he said, what others have called you, I don't call you that. I've called you by a new name. And I want you to see you as I've called you. And I came to the understanding, and I came to the revelation and to the knowledge that even though I came through... An error in the mind of man, I was on purpose in the mind of God. It was on purpose. And I had to wrap my mind around that. And, and once I received that, and I understood in the beginning of time, it was Yahweh's intention and purpose for Steve Parker to be here. That might not have been his plan to get me here, but it's irrelevant. What's relevant is it's on purpose that I am here. And once I got past that, that letter no longer held power over me. 
So Alex, your words are true. That's a right statement. And we need to know about us, what the Father says about us, and in, in the beginning of his timeline, not ours. Was somebody else going to say, what is it about Olam that you think it's hard for people to get? Um, I'm actually going to jump off of what Alex just said, but um, I think that Olam, what's funny is when, I th when you think about it, it's like uh, what will be hard uh, that, they, that they would have a tough time getting, but I'm thinking actually like in the future. So it's like we're talking about what would have been hard to get, but I'm thinking about the new, the future. Um, and so uh, what's, because we're there and we're there and we're there. Uh, but the, 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 I think Olam is going to change the language. And mm. I think there is a new language. Um, I think it's going to change the way we talk. I think it's going to change our frequency, mm, the way good. we, be, what comes off of us, the things that come out of us. Um, because we're not going to be able to continue to say I was or I did or the past or the future. Like, so when if, you look in the mirror, and I'm sorry, Jenny. So when yes. people are exciting, because when people look in the mirror, they don't see what they are. Right. In the mind of man. They right. see who they are in the right. mind of God. It Correct. changes everything. Changes everything. Um, and so it's really having his sight and it's having his hearing, but it goes beyond that to having not just the perspective, but having um, knowing, because we know him intimately, knowing his will, knowing his way in all situations and in all times. So it's going to change the language. And I believe that past the what I did or what was or whatever, that's going to have to change sure. because um, if it doesn't, then you haven't truly grasped the full concept and comprehension and understanding of the Olam part of the Father. Um, and in order to do that, we have to get out of an incomplete belief system. Um, and that's what I see. I see an incomplete belief mm. system becoming mm. a complete belief system or a more completed and yeah. more completed yeah. means more perfected, more maturity. Right. Um, and there are going to be ones that are coming into the doors. They're going to come in visitors that don't know. Maybe they know Christ. Maybe they don't know Christ. Maybe they've heard of him. Maybe they haven't. But when they come in, they're going to meet a people that they understand that Olam. They see who they are in Christ, right. not who they're going to be, not who they're becoming, who they already are, because they're seeing it from his perspective and when they come in they're going to begin to then wonder and that all that wonder and that all how did you do it how are you doing that how do you see yourself that way well you told me a story about something that happened when you were 20 or you were 25 how did you because that's not it's not who you were. This is who I am. Mm. This is who I am in mm. the ancient of days. This is who I am in the new. It's always about that I yeah. am, but it's in every minute. So I think the language is going to change, and I think the way we're seeing, hearing, and even perceiving and comprehending is going to be completely renewed and redone. Ooh, I strike hands with that. And I'm going to tell you that's really good because I, I can, when I think about it, Yahweh is everlasting to everlasting, and Scripture clearly tells us that and he changes not so if it this is what I believe about him and I think everybody in this room at least I hope believes about him that because he is everlasting to everlasting we can agree on that he changes not we can agree on that I, I believe can we also agree that he did not ever even one time in eternity has he ever created anything to fail there's never been anything created so that it would fail Everything he ever created was created to succeed. Everything that he created was created to honor him. From everlasting to everlasting. If our language changes and we begin to realize and we begin to speak about us from his perspective, and we begin to see it from his perspective, understand from his perspective, it changes what hope 
we have for what we call tomorrow. It changes what we call uh, next week or next year. It changes how we see it all. And we never accept that there is a failure. When we see it like him, it's not a failure. I learned something. I learned something deeper about me. Got to get it. Did you have something? Um, <laughs> for me, I think the hardest thing, that the one thing that causes us to uh, struggle with the alarm of God more than anything is age. Hmm. Just getting older. Mm -hmm. Because birthdays, you know, anniversaries, celebrations, all those things date us. And it causes us to... And you and I have one coming up. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and those things date us, and it causes us to do what? To remember when. Mm. Or remember the way it was. You know, when I stand up, I remember when I could just jump out of my chair, and now my knees don't let me do that. You know, but age will cause us to, to, uh, to relate more to the natural than to the things of God. Now, one thing I've learned to help me get over that is that the things I could not achieve on my own, the Father has given me. And the two things that he has given me that is like him and that lets me know I'm so much more like him than I understand, one, he has given me faith, mm -hmm. and he has given me everlast. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I would say that, but he has given me the forever. Infinity. He has created me mm -hmm. in that everlasting. Yeah. See, yeah. that's something I could never achieve on my own, but he gave me that. And because he gave me that, then that's who I am. That's what I am. Mm. And I need, and so here's the thing where I struggle that causes us to struggle with the alarm is that, like Jenny was saying, our language. Our language causes us to believe in the natural more than it causes us to believe in the eternal because what, so what we speak and what we hear is what we believe. So as we change our language, so if we start to hear everlasting, if we start to hear how now faith creates a future to a, that's really a past, it causes it to manifest. When we start to hear things that we've never heard before mm. and stop talking about age, stop talking about, boy, I remember when. You know, forget about all that because what you were then is not greater than who you are now anyway. Right. No matter how you look at it, no matter what you think about. I would love to have my youth, but I would not want the mind of my youth. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> really, because who I am now in my mindset, in, in my spirit is so much greater than what I was. So what I am presently represents God more than it has ever does. And so and that's what we have to begin to grasp. It ain't age. Stop worrying about age. Stop worrying about what I was. Stop worrying about all that other stuff. But when we begin to speak uh, the everlasting, mm -hmm. because I was created in his image, mm -hmm. and his image is everlasting. His image, woo man, it's about faith. It's about a now faith. It's not about, it's never been about what you was. Right. It's never been about, right. 
you, the fact that you you're fifty now, it, it's it's not nothing. Of, that's not even of him. What is of him is man. I look so forward. Oh, I, see, I even hate to say it like that right, now. Right, right. But how can we say it? You know, it's another language, man. It's that language Alex talked about in the beginning. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm babbling, but <laughs> but it's that it's that way. I don't know. If you can condition your heart and your mind to see, to speak, and hear it differently than you've ever heard it before, then you will begin to perceive the Yahweh or the Alam mm -hmm. that he is. And more importantly, you will uh, grasp the Alam that you are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's good. That's good. You know, the uh, th couple things I think about when I'm when uh, you saying that, and this really blends in with what all of you said. First of all, I think that seeing time from a natural perspective as well is important because we have to render to Caesar what is Caesar's. We render to the earth what is the earth's. We recognize that. We just don't let that rule us. And um, I think what we need to understand is it's okay to say, you know, tomorrow I'm going to do this. Because that's how the earth represents time. But in, the, in our spirit, we have to recognize that tomorrow does not define us. Doesn't define us. What happens in the next two minutes does not define me. It can make a pathway for me, but it doesn't define me. Does that make sense? That's the first thing. The second thing I would say is I, I go back to when I consider what you're saying, I go back to Adam and Eve. And I go when, when Yahweh said to, to them, said, listen, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good uh, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil because if you do when you do it the moment you do you'll die that isn't what he said that's what they heard because they were listening by the natural because they had seen the tree they had seen the fruit they they basked under the shade of the tree they walked around in this garden and so they knew the tree was there and they had seen it but they were measuring what he said by the natural they were running it through their natural mind if we eat this fruit we're going to die and then the enemy comes and he tells them, I'm paraphrasing, but the enemy comes and he tells them, he says, surely you won't die. Why would he create you to, to kill you? Which was true. Why would he create you to kill you? Well, he wouldn't. Well, we're going to eat it. Well, we eat it. Well, what he meant was not that you would die, but that you would be separated from me. If you eat that fruit, death is not your heart stopping. Death is being separated from me. In fact, I've taught over the years, hell is not a place where there's fire burning and people's hair singes. Hell is the absence of God. It's anywhere. You, there are people in hell right now because they're absent God. They're looking. They can't find. And that's as much a hell as any fire, lake of fire. But Yahweh can redeem that. So when I think about Adam and Eve and I think about them getting to that place, it goes with the language that both of y'all talked about as well. And I think when, when the Father was speaking in this eternal language, He was speaking in, from the Spirit. And He was saying, if you eat that fruit, you're going to die by the Spirit. You're going to be separated from me by the Spirit. You're going to violate our relationship if you eat that fruit. And that is death. He wanted them to see death as being absent Him. They saw death simply as... Mm, our heart will stop beating, but we'll still be with God. Well, that's not relationship. And that's what he really wants us to know as well. It's not just about understanding, okay, what he says. I'm, I'm listening to this in my natural ear. He wants us to know, listen, 
hear my language. My language to you is you are eternal. Whether there's a body on you or not, you are eternal. And there are things that I have established for you in the beginning of time. When I breathe, when I, my pneuma breath into you, my life-giving breath, when I breathed that into you and it filled your lungs, the moment that I did that, everything that I had ever, was ever in me for you is encompassed in that. And it's done. What I just need you to do is walk it out. And I need you to walk it out by hearing what I'm saying by the Spirit. Don't judge what you see by the natural. Hear what I'm saying by the Spirit. You know, when I go back to, and let me wrap this up. When I go back to uh, that scripture in Matthew that we were reading, Matthew 5, when I go back to those scriptures, and he said, when you did it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. And there were people, there are people that do things to know God when Yahweh wants them out of their knowing to do uh, what is by the spirit in them, not by the natural. And when I consider this, I, I consider how many people that I've known over the years, maybe even here today, maybe even watching online, but I can't help but consider how many people, everything in you, you are striving to know him. You strive. You get up every day and you're just, you, I just want to know him more. I, I want to know him. I, I simply want to know God. I think about all the people that won't come to church, won't, won't develop a relationship with a father because they feel like they have to do so many things to know him that it's impossible to work their job, be a good father, be a good wife, be a good whatever, and also do all those things I have to do to know him. So therefore, they come to the conclusion, it's not worth it. I'm not going to go to church. I'm going to stay home, and I'm going to be here because there's too many to do things to know God. When in reality, if we could transform and let and help people see by the Spirit and to hear the language of God, the language of God is, know me and the things that you do will come out of that knowing and it will be effortless. If it's work, you're doing it not out of a knowing me place, out of that eternal me place. If you feel, if it's, if it's effort, if you have to talk yourself into reading about me, if you have to talk yourself, oh, I forgot to pray, ah, oh, and the guilt and the shame, and, and that comes upon you, you're not doing that out of knowing me, you're doing that to know me, and it's the wrong direction. If you know me, the more you know me, listen to what I'm releasing in your, right now, right now. In this room and watching online right now under the sound of my voice, there are people, Holy Spirit, right now is stirring you in your spirit. You're being stirred right You're stirred right now. You're like, oh my gosh. I, for the first time in a long time, I sense the hand of God moving within me. And you sense that. You know why you sense that? Because suddenly you're realizing, okay, I've been working for something that doesn't come from working. What I'm doing does not come from doing. It comes from knowing. And if I can know him, see, from the very beginning of time, from infinity to infinity, you knew him in the spirit. Know him in the natural. Know him in the natural. So I want to say to everybody that's here or you're out there or you're, you don't go somewhere. Next time you're talking to somebody, don't go and don't talk to somebody about the father and don't talk to somebody about the kingdom and tell them all the things that they need to do to know him. Just do this one thing. Say, repent, and ask him to change your heart and forgive you, and he will. 
And then he will begin to reveal himself to you. And he will begin to unfold and turn the pages that belong to you. He will begin to turn those pages. But if you try to read the book before you understand the language, you'll put the book down before you finish the first chapter. Olam means not only is God everlasting to everlasting, infinity, all of infinity before and all of infinity after this moment. But Olam means that so am I. God is Olam. He is everlasting. And so am I. And that means what was in him in his moment when he decided I needed to be. What was in him then is in me now. And I'm going to access those parts. I'm going to access those parts. I'm not going to get caught up in all the parts my mind says this is who you are. This is what you are. This is what you need to do. I'm going to get caught up in, Father, what do you want me to know? What's my next step? And until I hear you tell me, I'm not doing anything anybody tells me. Oh, they said read five chapters in the book of John. I'm not even doing that. Unless you tell me. Because you might want me to read James. You might want me to be finished in five minutes. And others are telling me I have to do it in an hour. Some want me to pray on my knees. You might want me to pray driving my car. Just keep your eyes open. So what am I telling you today? All of this I hope that you've learned. I hope that you've drawn. I hope that you've gained something from what has been released today, but it is important to me that everyone in this room, everybody that's listening, everybody that's watching, wherever you are, here or there, it's important to me that you understand that from everlasting to everlasting, you have been in the mind of God. From everlasting to everlasting, you have made His heart beat. And the plans He had for you then are the plans He has for you now and will be the plans He has for you tomorrow. And there is nothing, nothing that He has put in you that you will not fulfill if you will know Him first. And He'll do the rest. Amen? Amen. Craig, did you have something? He needs a mic. Somebody run him a mic real quick. No, you need it because they can't hear you online. No, that's okay. You're good. No, I mean, you can stand there. Hello. There we go. Um, I wanted to say this earlier, but I didn't want to interrupt. So this goes back to the, to the timeline thing. And uh, the Holy Spirit just speaks to me and says, you got you to gotta tell this. Now, this is just something personal to me. But, um, I mean, I got saved when I was 30 years old, okay? I'm 68 now. Um, when I was six years old, um, I lost my grandfather, Eckert. Uh, my grandmother, Eckert, died a month before I was born. And so at six years old, I lose my grandfather, Eckert. And so I never really got to know him. He lived in New York City. And at the time, I was in Columbus, Ohio, I guess. Anyway, um, 
I'm laying in bed at six years old, and I had this fear come over me uh, about dying. And the way I perceived it was I'm going to die, and I'm never going to be again. Mm. And, hmm. I, I mean, never. And, and it was frightening to me because I thought, how could, how could you be and then never be again in all of time? And that's how it came to me. So out of that, I was shown, and I didn't know at the time what this was. It was just a dream to me. But I knew later that what God was showing me was time doesn't exist but in a short span. Mm -hmm. And he showed me <laughs> a line of eternity that the way he showed it to me is it went up at an angle. And you could not see the end. You could not see the beginning. It was just this linear uh, uh, a line. But time, he showed to me, was like a plateau. And I literally saw a plateau on this line that represented time. And he showed me that I'm in this time, but I also exist on this line that has no beginning and no end. And that changed everything for me. I mean, it, it gave me peace. So I also, <laughs> and I should have said this to begin with, saw myself as a speck. Hmm. Now that hit me because I saw myself as a speck in eternity and how minute that is and how minute our lives are in all of everything that God has and has made. And um, anyway, I, I just had to share that because it, it meant so much to me. And yet, when I got saved at 30 years old and I looked back on these things and I saw that God was working in my life mm, right. and I didn't even know it. Right. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. The... You know, I, I think one of the things that Jesus said in response to a question, he was asked, show us the Father and we'll believe. And his response to that was, when you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Well, wait a minute. Now, if, imagine being the person asking him the question. Show us the Father and we'll believe. And then his response when you've seen me, you have seen the Father. Well, what are you talking about? I can't see the Father because I'm looking at you. You need to transcend time. You have a hard time distinguishing because you're looking through the mind of man. But if you look through the mind of God, you see things through the eyes of God. You see things the way that he did. Remember, the earth was not created by an earth being. All of creation came out of the spoken word of God. Doesn't matter how far the Hubble telescope goes or what's the one that got out there now, whatever it is now, that's going out there now, sending back all those amazing pictures. I'm amazed when I see all of these pictures from this new telescope or new whatever they sent out. I don't know if you've seen them. 
And they're talking about all the galaxies that they're discovering and everything else. And it's, oh, we're seeing this one form and that one form. And I think to myself every time, that thing has been formed a long time ago. In the beginning of time, all of it was formed. You aren't discovering anything. You're just seeing for the first time what's always been there. And when you see that, you see the God you're trying to deny. And when you see me, you're seeing the God you're trying to deny. See, and again, he said, when you've seen me, you have seen the Father. So when you've seen me, all that the Father is, is in me. Can I tell you today, when I look at you, all that the Father is, is in you. Because that little that he breathed into you had all of his DNA. All of it. So don't think for a second because things don't go right or you don't do things right or you had a bad day or you missed a day or you're not, you don't completely understand what we're talking about today. None of that is really important. What is important is that it, this, because his DNA is in you, search him out. Know him and everything else, everything else will flow out of that. It will flow out of knowing him. For those of you that might be watching today and you say, man, I don't even know God, but I'm listening, I'm watching, I'm present in this room or I'm online. I don't know God. I tuned in today because someone invited me. I showed up because I was invited. I'm not sure I want to believe in this, but you guys are really throwing me for a loop. But, and I want to just say to you today, listen, you don't have to understand. Don't try to make revelation to you what's revelation to somebody else. If it doesn't make sense to you today, walk in what you know until you know different. But what I need you to know is this. What I need you to believe is this, that no matter what has gone on in your life, God loves you and he created you. You didn't fall off of some star somewhere and land on the planet earth. You were not a mistake. No matter how you came to be here, you were not a mistake. You're here on purpose and you're only here because you were sent. You were sent. God doesn't ever plan on making a muffin and end up with a cake. Whatever he intended to be, is. And if you are here, it was intent that got you here. He sent you here. And you need to know this, that God. All of eternity, all that he is, all of infinity, before and beyond, now, everything. You've not lost one thing. And you might be saying what Archie was talking about a while ago, or Alex. You might be saying, you know what, I've lost a lot of time. I don't know if, if I can make it up. That's the cool thing about eternity. There's no such thing as making it up. It simply is. It's not this line, I'm looking this way and that way. It is, it's just a, it's a period. It's a point. And everything in it is right there. You are right in the middle of everything that he ever purposed for you. There's no catching up. And there's no need to spend the energy trying to catch up. Know him. And out of knowing him... Find out that the journey is worth it. Find out that there's so much in him, it'll overwhelm you in, a, in all the right ways. In all the right ways. Come on, can we stand together in this house this morning? I want to say to everyone, first of all, thank you for being here. And, and I want to say to the panel, thank you guys for everything, for being here this morning, for sharing. Come on. But your attention, your willingness to press in, your willingness to listen beyond what you already know, um, you know, 
I can tell you that the father's honored by it. He's honored by it. In the same way that for me, I, all my kids are grown. My youngest is 24 years old. 24. And even though they're all adults, all my kids are adults, it, it just it blesses me every time they come to me and they still ask me something because they don't know how to do something. They still ask, what about this, Dad? What would you do here? And, you know, I could say, you know, you should know that. Or I can say, let me help you with that. And that's what I do. You know why I do that? Because I feel like they need me. I'm dad. And I like to be needed. I want to be needed. And Yahweh's the same. He's like, you know what? It's not hard. It's not difficult. The journey's not hard. Sometimes you make it hard. Sometimes you stumble over your own two feet. But you know what? It's okay. If you feel like you've, ate, you've eaten the apple, <laughs> repent. Repent. I'll put one back on the tree. I'll, fill, I'll put something back on that vine. Don't worry about what you've eaten. What I need you to think about is, do you know me? And if you'll know me, together we'll go on this journey. We'll get all the pieces worked out. And I'm going to let you see about you what you haven't, but what has been there all along. 